this is Mike J from Running with Scissors. We're the idiots that make postal. Thanks for tuning in to the Scene World podcast. It's the Scene World podcast. My name is AJ. I had to think about that for a minute. Uh, that's yeah. your girl there. Exactly. Hi, hi. We will be, well, I won't be, but you're going to be talking with Richard Lubenstein, who we've spoken to before. Exactly, exactly. But this time I'm talking to him about his um, games he's doing, not for the Amiga, but for for a living mm-hmm. and with his uh, company Spieleschreiber. And yeah, we are talking about the life of... Um, well, of a game dev for a living. Yeah. And interestingly, he he he's going the same route that Hans Ippisch did for the European side of the Intellivision Amico and oh, getting God. governmental funding from the state of Bavaria okay. for making the games. Okay, okay. And we are talking about that or well, me and him. Him and yeah, yeah, you, 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 we're all together. Exactly, all together on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before that, we got a, a couple of newses. I think. Exactly, exactly, exactly. There were a lot of games that were put out mm. around the the. Uh, you know, it's 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 earlyish November right now as mm. we record this. Right. Um, right around uh, Halloween, a lot of games came out. Well. Um, um, I only got one game news, however. Oh, okay. And that's actually a Robocop Roach City, or Rogue, Rogue City, I Rogue guess. City, Rogue yeah. City, yeah. yeah. Rogue City. Robocop Rogue City has been released Rogue on November 2nd. And, um, man, what kind of game? It's it's a super I don't know. amazing. What, what, what kind of game? It's, I mean, it's, um, it's a first-person shooter. Yes. And um, it's amazing. I mean, it it reminds me a bit of um, the first level, the first stage of Robocop 3 on the Commodore 64. So uh, much like Crosshair games. Okay, okay. Um, but um, it's using the latest Unreal 5 engine. So you need a potential PC if you don't go through the PS5 version. So don't try it on a potato. Um, <laughs> yes. Right, right. So it's a real, real nice um, game. Can only cool. suggest that. Yes. I got, I got three that caught my attention. Um, of the many that were released, I guess, uh, I guess, I don't know if there was a contest. I don't know if there was something. I, I, I don't know what happened, but a lot of games got released around Halloween. And one of them is um, Cauldron 2 for the plus four, mm. which is um, so I guess Cauldron 2 was a is a classic uh, 64 game. Um, it is. And um, um, the coder TCFS and Murphy. um have released a plus four version of the game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, I mean, it looks, from what I see, it looks a lot like the C64 version with the exception that there are more colors because one of the things that the Plus 4 had where it was like, you know, 256 colors, whereas the 64 mm. was limited to the 16. There's something interesting to know about uh, Cauldron, right? Yeah. And and that is actually the second part is not only called Cauldron, but it's also called Cauldron 2, Pumpkin's the Pumpkin Revenge. Strikes Back. Yeah, it's Pumpkin Strikes Back, yeah, yeah. The Pumpkin Strikes Back, yes. And yes. Cauldron and Cauldron 2 were actually a f- one of those few games where Palace Software actually translated them into German, French, and Spanish. Hmm. So in Germany, it's actually called Hexenküche. And the second part is called Hexenküche 2, Der Kürbis steg zurück. Yeah. So, um, and just by pure accident, I found um, as a kid back then, as a teenager, that there's also a Spanish and a French release. Yes, it says that it was, uh, it was it's one of the very few games released for uh, the Spectrum 64 and Amstrad CPC and there were there were translations of it lots of different translations of the game yeah so yeah and uh, also if you go to the c64 wiki uh-huh. there's an article where you can read about that there are two versions of the game mm-hmm. one that is barely beatable <laughs> and later they made a collection edition on disc I got mine from France, but it's the English version. Okay. And Verpella Software made the game easier, so you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't lose magic while you're flying constantly, and a okay. few other other improvements to make it easier and more beatable. And um, they they sold this collection, as I said, um, together with the Cauldron 2 release on disc in one box it's a super rare super rare release hmm. and i got a copy of that of course okay okay uh, of course of course uh-huh. um the other game we'll put a link to where you can get where you can check that game out where you can get it in the, in awesome. the link below uh another one that that strike that, that struck me is mm-hmm. another re-release but um re-release but a, re- a remake a, re- a remake i'm sorry isn't that isn't that a conversion rather a remake really? Um, kinda, sorta. Hmm. Um, so so um, it's Castlevania AGA for the Amiga. Hmm. Um, and it's a remake of the '86 original. Ah, okay. So but it's with a remake. Visuals, yeah, visuals that were inspired by Castlevania Chronicles and other non-eight-bit <laughs> titles. Um. So it looks really nice. Um, awesome. It's available on itch.io. Everything um, is available on itch.io, I know, I isn't know. it? Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, so so AGA Amigas get a a a free uh, Castlevania game for Halloween. Awesome. And and is that is that official with with permission from Konami and stuff? I don't I don't know. Ooh. It doesn't say. Um, it says not for sale. All rights Konami. Mm. So I would think that 
I guess maybe as long as they don't charge for it, they can do it. <laughs> mm. Um, and then, um, and then, Cytronic came out and released Darkland Two. Um, just a little bit before uh, Halloween, the original Darkland was came out in 2014. And the this new one is out now. Uh, it reminds me a bit of the visuals. I mean, it's a it's a it, it uses the 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 shoot 'em up construction kit engine, mm. a, mod, a modified version. But the visuals on it remind me a bit of Forbidden Forest. Mm, forbidden forest by Cosme. Yeah, like, like oh, I remember. Now, granted, yeah, granted, you're 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 just walking up, you know, like you're 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 it's a it's a it's a up scroller, mm. you know, um, and it's yeah, not like a three D. Yeah, it's this not a three D thing, but you're you know you're in a dark forest and you're fighting spiders and things like that, and mm. you know it's got some it's got some good visuals for being a, a suck game. So. A suck, I always yeah. say. Shoot him up. Shoot him up, a soik. Oh, I, I always call them suck games. S-E-U-C-K. Suck games. Mm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, interesting thing about um, about Forbidden Forest is um, I got I got the disc released from AG3, and I was super shocked because I I bought <coughs> sorry. <coughs> I bought it shrink shrink wrapped. Yeah. And I was super um super shocked when I unwrapped it. Um and now all the haters now. Why do you open a game that is still sealed from AG3? Uh, because I want to play and experience well, yeah, it. Exactly. Uh, anyway. Exactly. Anyway, um the the disc label looked like printed from home. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not even correctly put on the disc itself. Mm-hmm. The print, the the manual looked like photocopied hundred times. Yep. And it was like, what is that? Is that a pirated <laughs> release? No, that's the original that's, game. They so. You know what? You know what? I got. <laughs> I I had. I uh, I got a long time ago. Um, the Cosmi Top Twenty Solid Gold or whatever, like collection. Um, and it was, you know, like it came in like, like the big box, a big black box. I got it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but, but it's got like, um, you know, like the gold lettering on it and it's all these big box. I got the big box too. There are actually three big boxes. Right. I got all three of them. Big box one, big box two and big box three. It's got, it's got, you know, like, like games, it's got, you know, Chernobyl on it. It's got, it's got, um, uh, uh, fearless Fred, I think, uh, it's got. Forbidden Forest one and two. It's got all these Richard Petty Talladega. It's got a ton of games on it. But yes, the 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 manual is photocopied and the 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 disc labels are like typed on a typewriter and then like 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 not even like like they're crooked on the disc or peeling off the disc or something. And that's how it came when it was new. Yeah. I remember getting that because you know I, I I had seen it in one of those you know the the, the C64 buyers guides, you know that you get when you had got the computer, and then it was always in the 10x Computer Express and stuff. So you know I got it because it's 20 games and it was fairly inexpensive, 
and the shock at opening this thing and finding out that like how how unprofessional it looked despite the fact that it was a you know Cosmi was a was a big player in the day you know it just it was it was kind of shocking and and yeah yeah it do, it did look like it was made in someone's house it probably was you know i mean that's 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 the, the nature of things back then mm. yeah um anyway i got two more news and okay. this time there are german um retro magazine news okay so one news is about um the Retro Gamer, the German edition from the highest publishing company, actually is supposed to lay down to rest in November. But the famous editor of, um, well, of computer magazines in Germany, Jörg Lange, actually announced at Gameswirtschaft um, that he is taking over the license okay. of the German version of Retro Gamer. And, well, so it's going to continue. Interesting. I wonder that's, if that's going to be a, like a lodestar sort of thing. Cause, cause no, like no, when, paper. It's paper. I, no, 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 I know, I know it's paper, but I'm, I'm just saying when, when, um, when Fender, kind of stopped doing it like well softest stopped doing it and then fender started his own company fender tucker who was the managing editor started his own company to continue doing it without soft disc um and then when he stopped doing it they handed the reins over to dave mormon and i know i know we worked just, with dave mormon once yeah. on a wild wild yeah. wild west yes yes and then and from there it just kind of kind of fizzled after a while and to the point where i think the last issue like issue 200 or something is kind of it's been released but it's an unofficial release because it I was know. never actually finished i know it was released by a fan of the magazine yeah right right by somebody from the american scene yeah yeah and and unfortunately they um fender tucker and dave moorman never never put their forces together to make a release of all issues on one CD. What are you talking about? There are, collection, get... there are collection CDs, but there's there's not one complete one. Yes, there, there, are, is. there are all the base complete, issues. The complete Lodestar. I've got, I've, I've got it from Fender. I, I bought it from Ramble House, Fender's uh, thing, uh, a couple of years ago. It's got everything on it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I still think to remember that um, some issues were missing. Mm -mm. No. The one you can get from Ramble House, I believe, is has um, all the issues and every every extraneous thing. It's got Lodestar One Twenty Eight. It's got the complete programmer series. It's got the complete music and and mm. and and the Walt Harned collections. It's got the the um, Literary contests, which I took part in, I think two of, maybe. Mm. Um, then I'm, then I'm mistaken. I thought it even came with a with a with a. He even sent a uh, uh, one of the the soft disk catalogs. 
of things mm. you could you could buy at the time. It was it's I've got it again somewhere around here. I, it's 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 one of the coolest things because. So you you mean all issues, including the one from Dave I believe, Mormon? I believe so. I don't have yeah all well, yes, including Dave Mormons. Every every issue, up until mm. I think one ninety nine. I don't. I think the two hundredth never came, wasn't out because that wasn't official, but up to one ninety nine. I can I can well, verify because I've got it. I've got them on I I've got the issues I copied them off the CD mm. so they should be on my computer let me do a quick search mm. and see if I can find anyway the, anyway okay not... hang on <laughs> okay okay so it comes with brain stuff color covers the complete Bible the complete programmer crosswords flags and anthems fun stuff uh, niece Calhoun music. Um, okay, and then Lodestar 64, which is one through 199. Okay, uh, and they're on D64s and D81s, hmm. so you can, you can, you know, run them off of one disc or you know, the, the four basically because it's two discs, you know, double sided. Um, nice. and then, um Lodestar Letter, which was the the paper newsletter that was put together, um, all seventy six of those as PDFs. Um, Lodestar one twenty eight, um, which and you is, can still get it nowadays. Uh huh. It's uh one through forty two of Lodestar one twenty eight. Um, yes. Um, if you go to uh, it's at Ramble House, um, and uh, let me just make sure that it's still there because um, F- Fender Tucker is still around. Fender Tucker's still around, yes, absolutely. Ramble House. If you go to RambleHouse.com, um, um, that is yep one of the very first things you see on there. Fender Tucker's books and music, and then Lodestar Complete, mm. which is. Which is everything, <coughs> and, and to to order, just send uh, Fender at RambleHouse.com fifteen dollars via PayPal. It's okay. And and it says for for fans of Robin Harper and, and the Eight Bit Show and Tell, it is now only fifteen dollars. Although it looks like um um. Yeah, it looks like it's a it it might be download only. Now. <coughs> I'm not sure. Um, when I got it, it was you know it it was a physical CD. Um, but I don't know if that's the same anymore. It might be. I think it's now. It's just it might be download only. No, but you're better. still getting the same stuff. It's, it's the is, same stuff. Which is better because then I don't have to fiddle with income tax. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right, so that's still there. That's that's available at Ramble House. Nice. Um, okay. As is a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, Ramble House specializes in um, old um, weird books from like the <laughs> 40s and 50s Ooh. that have been more or less forgotten by time. You know, like you know, uh, mystery and science fiction and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. like it's. There's a lot of a lot of cool stuff that if you if you go looking around in there you'll find some some interesting things worth looking at. Mm. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, okay. 
We'll yeah. put a link to that in the podcast description yeah, yeah. as always. Absolutely. Um, other here. news, other news I've got is um, Terry Stewart, also called Tessa, released a better version, which doesn't have poor audio, about his um, original IBM PC 5150 on YouTube. So we'll link to that. So hooray to preservation. <laughs> and the other and last news I've got, um, there used to be the magazine called Retro mm -hmm. that um, some someone in 2019 stopped publishing. And now I received a letter and a new issue last Saturday from the new publishing company that is taking over distribution, subscription management, and printing of the magazine. Okay. Called PMD Print Media Service. Okay. And it is the old staff from um, 2019 and back. And the and the owner, well, the guy that is managing the release of the magazine is still an O'Connor's, but okay. he is not anymore doing all the other stuff involved with it. Only organizing the staff, nothing else, and the contents, okay. obviously. So that's that's quite interesting. Yeah. Um because um, um prior to uh, retro magazine it was actually called go 64 and that I is the magazine that. that made me aware that there's still a scene around the c64 um so april 1st 1998 i actually joined the demo scene thanks to the go 64 magazine and you, know, you know that yeah. was kind of the same with me with with lodestar like like i had sort of um given up on the 64 as as a like like i was writing at the time and i didn't like writing on the 64 i didn't you know just the, the you know it didn't feel like i was really doing it um and then i got a thing in the mail for like a, th a free three month subscription trial thing to lodestar and i got that and it and it was like like to see that people were still using the thing and how they were presenting this magazine and then later on there was there they had stuff from the demo scene which which blew my mind because i had never seen anything like that yeah um i think i think the first thing that i saw from the demo scene actually came off of q link in 91 or 92 but and i and i think that my my time with lodestar was after that but but it, it there was a lot of stuff in there that that like like you know it, it i it was a big influence on on my program. Well, well, Jeff Jones, the associate editor at the time, um, who was their utility programmer, was was a big influence on my programming. As was Fender, and um, and then the guys when I actually joined a demo group in RPG, and you know, got taught by the best. Awesome. Got taught by the best to code my worst. Ooh, I'm a ooh. terrible coder, but I was taught by some very good coders. Well, as, as long as, as it works. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, those are my news, basically. Okay, I got, I got two more. Um, one is that the 
The kegs emulator has been updated. Uh, a new version, uh, version 1.31, uh, is has been released. That's an Apple 2GS emulator. Um, so I don't know. Um, what does it run on? It runs on Mac OS 10. Well, Mac OS, Windows, and Linux. Nice. The other main platforms. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, Kegs is a really good, apparently, um, um, Apple II GS emulator. Which and the Apple II GS was a pretty awesome computer because that was like an Apple II with with a 16-bit processor because it had the 65816. No, no. Yeah, 65816. Right. Yeah, that's that's the that's the 16-bit version of the 6502. Could be. Could be. I th- yeah, yeah. I think I'm saying that right. The 65816. Yeah. Um. Uh, because they still make that and they still use it and stuff. Um. But yeah, it it it, and it was really like a like a precursor precursor to the Mac because it had like like. GSOS, which was looked a lot like it was actually prettier than Mac OS because Mac OS was black and white, like like literally it was two colors. It was black and it was white. Mm. Whereas whereas um, GSOS had had full color back then. Mm. Mm. Um, it also it also ran Geos. <clears throat> there was a Geos version as well for the Apple II. Nice. And and on that same thing, the M2. Apple IIe emulator for Linux has been released. So, Ooh. if you want an Apple IIe, if you want to, you know, emulate that, and that can also do, you know, uh, GSOS. If because the IIe, you know, you could you could upgrade them. They had you know cards. You could turn them into a 2GS, I believe, uh, with a with a add-on. Um, but that's available for Linux only. Um, and is apparently very good. So we'll put a link to where you can check that out as well. So yeah, that's that's my news. I got yeah a couple of games, awesome. couple of couple of emulators. Um, make sure to send me the link link list. Oh, of course, I got. I'm sitting right. It's sitting right here. Awesome, awesome. Um, yeah. So so yeah, that's my news for today. Awesome. So let's jump to Richard Löwenstein and his Spieleschreiber company and yes. his plans for making a living out of releasing new games, not for the Amiga. Even though the Amiga games are awesome. Reshooter is... Uh, mm. Not an Amiga guy. Can't comment on that. I don't have an AGA Amiga. Obviously, I have an Amiga 500, so I can't play Reshooter on this. But... I have played it emulate on my emulated Amiga 1200, and it is bitchin'. And also, my fiance Laura did the voice for Escalation. Yes, yes, she did the 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 uh, the, uh, the 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 vocal tracks for the uh, game. So, so that's also a uh, that's also a a a uh, cool thing about that. Awesome. I've got an unboxing video of that, which I never released, which I really want to. I was going to, well, I was well, trying release to. Release it now. Yeah, I was trying to time the release to go with um, the release of. I was trying to time the release to go with the release of the re, the, the Reshooter Proxima. Um, but then Reshooter Proxima came out. 
and I didn't know I was unaware of it. So the uh, but I've got yeah, I've got this this unboxing. So why don't you release it now? Of, yeah, I will. We should. Yeah. Um, of of reshoot her when we when it was first sent to us and it was it's it's yeah I, I, we should put that it's a couple of years old but it's 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 really good and it shows you the quality of the worksmanship of even his Amiga stuff because I mean again it's it's really really good mm. so look for that soon that'll be up awesome. No, you promised it. <laughs> I did. I did. No, I mean, it's. I've been. For, I've been talking about this for a while. It just he released mm. the game before before I knew he was going to release the game. I didn't know either. Yeah, I was then, on the Amiga thirty eighty, yeah. and there there it was. Yeah, yeah, and you told me. I was like, oh. So yeah, we got to realize we should release it soon. So right. I'll I'll throw the finishing touches on it, and then it'll be awesome. Up. Awesome. So now now finally for yes. Real. Sorry, I'll stop talking. I'll stop talking now. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Today, we have another returning guest, actually. Richard Löwenstein. Welcome to the podcast, Richard. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, today, uh, con in contrary to the past episode, we want to talk about your current working projects. Because um, two weeks ago, we met each other again at Amiga 38, and you spoke about your projects, about new games in a short interview on the stage, where you said you take money from the German government and use it to develop games. And that is what we want to talk about today. And um, perhaps a little short roundup You are mainly known for having been writing for the Meatwalker magazine. I've worked, I've worked for it as, as editor-in-chief. And you also did some, some games on the Commodore 64, right? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that was, in, in, in fact, it was before I joined uh, the Joker Verlag for Amiga Joker. I, I wrote a few games on Commodore 64. Uh, probably the, the best known is Persian Gulf Inferno, and, uh, or the German version is called uh, North Inferno. Uh, so some may also know on a Twiggy Goes Hiking, which is a pretty unspectacular platform game, but it does have a split screen uh, cop, well, not cop mode, a split screen mode, which is mm -hmm. kind of fun. So, yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's what I did in the 80s. And on Amiga 38, you actually released um, Reshoot R Proxima 3. Richard Proxima 3. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, sorry. I, I did choose a title that is way too complicated. I, I'm aware of that. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I guess the games you are working on where you got the funding from the German government, I guess in Germany it's like depending on the state, actually, because every state has separated funding for things like computer games, I guess. I guess those games will be for the majority, for the general public, triple, perhaps triple A games, no? Tell us a bit about it. <laughs> well, um, as, as, you, um, as, as you may know, um, we, we worked on, on Richard Proxima 3 for um, on more than four years. And the reason for that is quite simple, that we wanted to to uh, create a game that is um, not only um, worth playing on, on an Amiga platform, but also worth playing for itself. 
So, um, and I think um, when I when I when I got the, the feedback that I got at, at uh, several events um, in 2022 and 2023, um, they kind of showed me that we are really um, yeah kind of reaching that target. So we are really working on a game that might be worth playing on on other platforms, um, on modern platforms, basically. So um, and also one of one of my lifetime dreams was always was to to uh, yeah to work as a game developer again. I mean I did that already in the 80s and 90s, and I wanted to do that again. And um, so um, the, the the plan was uh, the the plan was kind of you know um, yeah created in 2022 to create a game on a more uh, common platform like PC or consoles that is based on on all everything that I learned with uh, while working on on reshooter and reshoot Proxima 3 and create um, well basically a new shoot em up game but also uh, yeah using the reshoot um, brand also using all the lessons learned um, um, regarding game design uh, especially with uh, reshoot Proxima 3 and uh, yeah basically create a PC game that um, much that a much bigger audience uh, would be able to enjoy. Having said that, it's still a shoot 'em up game, which is not. This will not be a million seller, you know. Um, it's uh, shoot 'em up is, is is a very niche um, genre. But yeah, uh, as we're working on a PC game, uh, we we still um, expect yeah a considerable audience for for such a game. I mean, you'd never know. I mean, I remember Black Forest games, for example. Never thought that uh, Genesis's Twisted Dreams would be a big hit, you know. So perhaps you are, you are digging gold here. Who knows, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we we got a couple of of design ideas that um, yeah should help uh, to to uh, get as big as an audience as as we can get. I mean, we're not aiming for. Um, like a Japanese bullet hell type of shooter because that really is, is a very tight and tiny audience. But we we've got a couple of ideas which which um, I think should should please a lot of people. I mean, with uh, with a uh, Richard Proxima three, we we already learned that um, this game is now played by people who usually don't play or who usually don't play shoot 'em up games just because they they like the competition that uh, is, is at the core of the game. And um, seeing this really um, is, is, is amazing because that means this, even though it's a shoot em up game, it's also a competition game. And um, as a competition game, um, the target audience can potentially be quite big. So yeah, as you say, um, things happen. <laughs> and uh, maybe we just talk again in two years or so after, after release and maybe, um, yeah. I can share some sales numbers or some experiences. Uh, whatever will happen in the next two years will be interesting. So, so what was actually, well, the moment where you decided to to ask the government for for funding? I mean, you you have been working at PlayOn before, so there must have been some thought process where you are, where you were like, ah, that's not right for me. I want to go back to my beginnings. I mean. Compared to the 80s, um, it must be very different nowadays working on games. Well, it's totally different. Uh, some, well, no, not totally different. Some things are comparable because you still got 
you got to be creative, you got to design the visuals, you got to maybe um, work on some code. But having said that, you are still nowadays you're working not as a one man show, but you're working as a team, even with a, a tiny project like like um, like reshooter. That's by the, uh, by the way is, is, is the project name by uh, the, and um, so yeah, it's it's but that's 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 the, the that's the challenge that I want to tackle. You know, I want to learn something. I want to you know keep my brain alive basically. And um, also, I've I've already worked on 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 modern games. For example, I did a um, uh, iPhone game for for Ravensburger some years ago, mm. and that kept me in touch with uh, the whole development thing. And also, uh, all the Amiga games that I developed the past. Um, Six years, they were all they were all developed using modern development tools. Mm. So I'm I kind of feel attached to to the development scene, and also while working at PlayOn, I had um, I, I was always in contact with developers, you know, indie developers, AAA developers, and um, so I, I I think I, I I kind of know which what is needed to to uh, yeah to to not only start such a project, but also to take it to the finishing line and then to release it. But nowadays you have some complex um, realities that you didn't have. I mean, for example, nowadays, as I mentioned, PC, it will be a PC game. People expect it to be on Steam and then they, they expect it to be cloud safe saving feature supporting and then people want a version for the switch and they want platform cross play together in multiplayer so you have this complex things that back in the amiga or c64 era you didn't have because you only concentrated on um, couch co-op what is called nowadays and and now as I said, you you are making PC, and obviously people will ask for Steam Deck support. And I mean, all those complexities doesn't that turn you turn you off in a way? Like, oh my God, I have to take that all into account. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you not know, at all. That's not at all because you know we're talking about expectation management. That's what I call it. Okay. True. Truth is that um, even even working on on an Amiga project still means that there's a lot of expectation out there. You know, you're not working on a on a, on, a, on a high budget or any budget at all. You're working all in your spare time on if you're working on on an Amiga project. That means you cannot really spend any considerable money for visuals, for audio, for voiceover, whatever. But still, people are used to stuff like that. You know, they because they were, they're playing on on PS5 or Xbox or PC or whatever Switch, and um, and they still like to see this these things on Amiga. I I know they do not really. Uh, they, they they love it if they see it. Let's let's tell it this way. <laughs> okay. And so. It's 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 and it's possible to to do stuff like that on the Amiga. It's, you just have to to find a way to create it. Um, also, um, because Amiga is not it's it's not one platform nowadays. I mean nowadays Amiga consists of Amiga 500, 600, 1200, C32, 4000, and each and every Amiga has um, all kinds of uh, expansion hardware devices attached to it, and all these things make it 
kind of difficult to develop for, for, for the Amiga platform because um, you've got one chipset. Yes, that's true, but um, every Amiga is different. And that means we, we have to do a lot of testing almost on a professional level, you know. So that's uh, because people, when they download the game, when they purchase the box copy, they still expect the game to run. Because um, you cannot tell them, hey, this is for Amiga, I don't care if it runs or not, because on my Amiga it works. That's not <laughs> what they want to hear. You know, they want to they want you, they want you to deliver a game that simply works on their machine, whatever they have, whatever expansions they have attached, they don't care. I I, I have to deliver basically. Otherwise, if I don't, um well it's it's you know what happens on social media if you don't yeah. deliver. Yeah. yeah, and you cannot. Well, I for one, I, I do not want to risk that. So there's a lot of expectation on the Amiga already, and there's a lot of expectation, of course, on PC. But um, again, this is I'm I'm aiming for a rather low key project because this is this is my first PC project in my lifetime. So I'm not aiming too high. You know, I'm I, I know what I can achieve within one and a half years. That's the time frame that I've set for myself. I know what I can do. I know what I cannot do. And um, right now, um, the challenge basically is to, um, yeah, to to uh, share the vision of the game with all, all the people who are participating in developing the game. And um, I mean, there all the people there who are working with me on on this reshooter game. They're all coming. They have some professional background. You know, they want to have like 3D um, models, lighting, texturing, stuff like that. They want to have like a two minute cutscene in front of the of the game. They want professional voiceovers and, and whatnot. And again, this is this is the expectation management that I'm taking care of right now, because I have to tell these guys, look, look out. You're working with me, Richard. I have not uh, really done a, a kind of a huge Unity project. Unity, by the way, is, is the platform that I'm developing the game Despite for. Despite the shitstorm recently about Unity. I don't see a point because I, I, I do. I, <laughs> no, really. I mean, I, I do see that Unity has to earn some money. Um, the way that they communicated did not work. And I mean, by now, it's 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 all in the past and I'm just looking forward. I, I just like Unity, you know, I've, I've worked with Unity um, for, for the past years to to get myself used to it. And I, I, I just simply like it. And it's very, it's very easy to develop on Unity, actually, in comparison to to uh, to Amiga. So um, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, um, having said that, the same thing can happen to to Unreal Engine in, 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 in three months. You never know. Yeah, you have to have some some trust. Interesting that I see it this way because a lot of companies and 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 so on announce like we will never use Unity for new projects again. I mean, yeah. you probably follow it. What what happened? It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. a, yeah, a whole. Uh, yeah. But well, what's the you know the alternative is the, there's there's no alternative really. I mean you can always try to de to develop your own engine, but that's very very time consuming, very yeah. very technical, True. and um, that's just not what I want to do. I don't want to take care of the technical side of things because I did that on the Amiga. You know about eighty percent of my time was spent getting all the technical challenges. Uh, um, uh, sorted out, uh, and now I want to focus on game design basically. So the next, well, the next uh, twelve to sixteen months, uh, I just want to do game design. I don't want mm -hmm. to take care of technical or whatever uh, challenges. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so uh, honestly, you don't think that um, Unity is a problem to to use it. I mean, people say it's basically the CEO. That's uh, that's a disaster, and um, he's a thing of the past by now. So uh, yeah, okay, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. So so you said you do a lot of um, um, expectation management and the Steam Deck and all those cloud saving things and cross platform doesn't scare you. So can no. you can you talk about what is in the planning? Is the is the new project just code named reshoot r or will it be a conversion of the already existing game or will it be a re um re-release or um i don't know what's <laughs> actually can you talk about it that's not a secret i mean yeah there's no, no secret um actually this is the first time i'm talking to it to the public so um <laughs> that was the idea to, actually yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting to get the feedback the, well basically um reshooter it's not reshoot r like the uh, like the second amiga game but just reshooter one word okay uh, easier easier to remember yeah it's just one word that makes it easier to google it and stuff like that that's that's what people tell me is, re is really important so yeah i, I just believe that <laughs> um yeah no basically um it's the, the game will be based on 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 gameplay mechanics that um that we established for uh for reshooter and for proxima 3 basically proxima 3 really is like the template game or you you might call it want to call it like a prototype game, because we are using um, actually the first step will be to to uh, to implement the first stage of Visual Proxima three on PC, and then use it as a kind of a um, playtesting area for implementing new um, ideas. We got a couple of ideas what how we can um, build on the experience that is Proxima three. I mean, there are some some obvious uh, modifications, like for example, the visuals. They they obviously have to be um, yeah modified considerably. I mean, we for, at first uh, we thought about um, just basically porting uh, the pixel art from from Proxima three to PC, but um, turns out that uh, it's. It's probably not unique enough. I mean, there are actually, there are not too many pixel art shoot 'em up games out there which really look great, you know. And That's most true. of them, most of them, um, they they really um, they really look kind of huh, how should I say? Um, they're not animated in any great way, you know. When you have when you have a closer look at all the objects that come on screen, they are really they are just one frame not animation i have to say that they just come on screen then they do some some they, they 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 follow their path and then they shoot a little bit and and that's about it not that much interesting stuff happened in most of these games and so we we already have for proxima 3 we already have um some some very beautiful animation frames and it might make sense to use them but um we now decided that we um, we will we will use these these visuals as an inspiration, and we will build um, a 2.5D um, shoot 'em up game, which uses 3D models, which plays in 2D. But we we at some moments of the game we will use the 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 
the three dimensional uh, or the, the third dimension to um, add us some some kind of special um, gameplay challenge to, to the whole thing. So visuals will be different. Um, attack waves will be comparable, but they will have some specials to it. Um, we will uh, implement or use um, the physics engine, which is which is built in in Unity to to add even more um, immersion to the whole game by um, let allowing the player to shoot, for example, the environment, which then kind of breaks down, breaks up um, splinters and stuff like that. So you can shoot like a path into the environment. So destructible environment is, is, is kind of one, of one of these things that we're going to add. And we're also going to add like a, a tactical gameplay layer which means there will be some situations which will uh, make you think about even think even more than in Proxima 3 um, on how to tackle this various this this situation. Maybe there will be situations which you can just shoot your way out. Maybe there will be situations where it's probably clever to just shoot one or two strategic um, places on, on, on screen and yeah, this way, uh, get out of uh, the whole uh, thing that's that's happening around you. One thing, one thing that would interest me is, um, well, I mean, there have been some other shoot 'em up games on the PC recently. I mean, for example, there has been an R-Type re-release and other shoot 'em up games um, for well, little money on on Steam, you know. So. Do you have a role model or, or um, I don't know, or are you not looking at what is out there and concentrate on making reshoot, reshoot more like your own thing? I mean, I mean, you, you have to, I mean, it's a different audience, right? I mean, you have to consider that people who will buy your game on Steam or perhaps on Switch, if you decide to port it, it should be pretty easy using Unity will not be people that perhaps even owned an Amiga in their life. Yeah, I cannot count on the Amiga audience. <laughs> exactly, exactly, that, yes. That's, that, that, no, no, the game has to work for itself. Um, I'm, I'm really aware of that. So the, the, the first idea really is to have a name that works. I mean, I think really, I really think that Reshoot is just a good title for, for such a kind of game because uh, you will kind of immediately have like a picture in your mind what, what kind of gameplay could be attached to a game that is called Reshooter. True. And also, I mean, um, I, I would be a pretty, I would be pretty bad at, at founding a, a game development company and uh, starting a project, um, uh, if I if I hadn't uh, yeah watched the market before and, and 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 had a look at all the games out there right now, so yes, of course I did play um, many shoot 'em up games. Um, I played almost every shoot 'em up game that is available on Switch console, and um, of course it's it's really important um, if you want to um, have like monetary success. I mean, there, there are several ways you can be successful. It's not always only about money. It can also be just finishing a project, basically. That's already successful because so many projects don't get finished. That's true. But if, if you want to have like um, financial success, then I think it's important to, um, to give people a reason to play your game. And 
that usually means um, having some kind of unique selling point. So um, that can either be um, a, a great IP, a great name like R-Type, for example. I mean, I played um, the, the latest R-Type incarnation and um, it's it's obviously living from from the fact that that there's a lot of money went, went into development. You know the visuals are gorgeous. You know it really uses the camera a lot, swinging around stuff like that, having like a, a cutscenes, stuff like that. so visual. It's really very very relying relying on on visuals. Um, but but um, reshooter is relying on on gameplay, and it's also um, we are trying to to find a good balance between um, the Japanese style bullet hell type of thing, which means like 100,000 bullets on screen and you somehow have to find a way to dodge all of these bullets by um, knowing the, the, the hitbox of your ship. And um, on the, that, that's probably the most popular shoot em up genre right now on Steam. And um, but but we are Europeans. It doesn't make sense to try to copy that kind of thing. Um, that's why we um, we are going a little bit. We're stepping a little bit back, um, a little bit slower pacing, not as much bullets. In fact, there will be some some kind of clean moments in the games, some narrative moments. So we have we are adding a storytelling layer to the whole game, so that it gets a little bit of meaning and gives you a reason why you want to fight through all of these bullets and all of these attack objects. And um, finding that balance, um, that's that's I think that's the secret to success in our case, because we're not we're not a Japanese dev developer. It doesn't make sense to copy these guys, but also um, European shoot em ups. They well, how should I say they're not that popular <laughs> for the simple reason that most of them are not pretty good <laughs> and we're trying to 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 release a European, um, a shoot them up with European or Western flavor, but still, um, yeah, um, with some Japanese flavor attached to it in a way. And um, that's already, I mean, that's already what, what Proxima 3 on Amiga does. You know, there are some bullet hell moments in the game, but still it also is, is a pretty uh, straightforward or, or game in, in, in which, yeah, which has clearly its roots in, 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 in Europe. And with a reshooter we're trying, that's one of the things that we are basically copying from Proxima 3 because it works quite well. And I don't see a reason why we should change the formula. You could make a Japanese game mode as well. A what? A Japanese game mode as well. Oh, for you mean like Japanese... a bullet mode? Extra yeah, 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 for yeah, the yeah, Japanese yeah. markets, you know? Well, I don't know if, if, if anyone in Tokyo really needs to play my game because they've got like their own games to play. But yeah, I mean, I, I'd feel um, I'd feel honored <laughs> if I ever get an email from 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 Kyoto or whatever and um, telling me, hey, Richard, this is this is a great job. This is one of the greatest shoot 'em up games I've ever played. If I should ever get such an email in two years, yeah. and that's 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 it. <laughs> I mean, aren't you aiming for? For all markets, yeah, you really I mean, want you to focus on on Europe as um, exclusively. No, that's that's not what I'm focusing on. It's just what I can do best. You mm. know, <laughs> it's uh, you know I have to be realistic. Um, this is as mentioned before. This is this is my first PC project. So um, mm. 
Yeah, you mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, there's a learning curve attached to it. You know, and I have to to. I that's I want to work with people who are in kind of my neighborhood because we speak the same language. We are in the same time zone. Um, I know how they tick and I know how to work with them. These are all people that I can kind of rely on. If I if I would want to make a game that is popular and also in Asia then it would make total sense to work with people who actually live in Asia because they know how people tick over there. Um, but that would make things a little bit more complicated that I would want to do it right now at this stage of the project. Um, that might always happen with the second or with the third game from, from, from my company, which is, by the way, called Spieleschreiber. I never mentioned that Spieleschreiber is the, this, this is the <laughs> name of the new company. True, so, true. yeah. Is it again, new? Because, because if I look at your credits it says that Spieleschreiber is around since 20 years no <laughs> no <laughs> or is it nice. a different Spieleschreiber I mean I remember I remember um, looking at your homepage years ago when we did our last interview and yeah. there was Spieleschreiber mentioned there as a Re-shooter, name probably for Reshooter um, for Reshooter I already wrote it um, in, into the manual but that's, that was really uh-huh. like an established company you know okay. um, whereas okay, Spieleschreiber right now is Officially called Spieleschreiber UG or UG, which means it's a, it's an established company which pays taxes and everything is legal and official and stuff like that. That's everything you need in order to actually get uh, the, the government grant that, um, that that enabled me or helped me to to uh, uh, start that project. Because you 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 cannot even apply for for such a grant if you don't have an, a company established. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned that you wouldn't dare to make a game for the Japanese market because you don't you don't know Japanese and stuff. Because I know a story of a Japanese developer who actually learned English and started a Kickstarter to be able to communicate with the world to make a game that appeals the world except Japanese people. So That's the dedication. other way around, actually, you know, That's dedication. And I was like, it, wow, you know, did, did it work out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's I'm 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 looking up his name right now because I forgot about it. But it it is going to be released um, probably next year. Okay. And um, I, I always forget the name of the guy and, and the game. Um, yeah. So the the name of the guy is Nito Zuchi. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And it's um, it's um, I think the genre is called uh, tower defense. It's a tower defense game. A tower defense game, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, um, shoot them up in a yeah a different kind of shoot them up. I would I would I would say. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can always try to do that. Um, that's that's just what um. You have to handle all the resources you, you got, you know, um, you have to handle the time of it that is available to you. You've got to handle the, 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 the money that is available to you. You've got to handle the, the, the knowledge that is available to you um, and also the people who work with you on the project. You got to handle all of these resources. And if, if you think, yes, you got enough time to, to learn English and do all the communication with the community in a language that is not um, that you're not too used to yeah, working with, then, then that's perfectly fine. Uh, that probably means that this guy has already kind of 
finished this project before or maybe he has like 10, 10 games already released. I don't and know, so, but what I just looked it up, it's called Pull Stay. And Pull it's Stay. used, it, it started out as a Kickstarter okay. and it's um, Pull Stay, Japanese comedy, beat him up and power a uh, tower defense game. Japanese comedy, what? I'm just Googling Comed it. Yeah, well, I can send you the link here. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. So it, I just, I just, I just was um, reminded of this because you said you don't dare to to go into the um, Japanese gaming market, and yeah. So I mean, it's hey, hey, so I was like, hey, there is this Japanese who did who did it the other way round, and I mean, as you know, for um, Japanese people, it's pretty hard to learn English because Japanese is so much different from pronunciation and grammar. That's yeah. like super super hard for them, and yeah. and then you have this cultural thing that, at least I, I was in Japan and. Um, Japanese people are not very, you know, outgoing and very, That's you know, so aggressive in, so in their, in I, their, I, exactly, I, yes, so it's, it's like, but, but if you do a Kickstarter, you have to be in your face all the time, yeah, it reminds exactly. people, so it's like, that's, totally not Japanese. That's, that's totally not Asian or Southeast Asian, at least I would say, yeah, exactly yeah. right, I mean, uh, well, I'm not saying I'm not targeting for Jap J Japan or, or China or um, Korea yeah. or whatever. I mean, yeah. um, it's Steam, you know. Steam is popular all around the world. So whoever feels, um, well, when a game is released yeah. in early 25, whoever feels like this is a game I should download and play, then uh, please feel free. It's just not that I'm, I'm not trying to mimic um, or mimic yeah. Japanese developers because that's that's not my profession. That's yeah. That's not what I can do best. And there are also a lot of uh, yeah French developers who try to do that, so they even they are better than me in, in <laughs> copying yeah. Japanese stuff. So yeah. yeah, I just you know I just try to do what 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 I've learned in the past, and and that's uh, doing this kind of shoot 'em up thing that that um, that that we do uh, with Proxima Three, and that's that's not very Japanese, but it has you know it's it also uh, says okay, Jap. Japan, we love your shoot 'em up games, and this is our, this is this is what what how a European kind of Japanese Homage. shoot 'em up looks like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you if you play Proxima Three, for example, you will uh, immediately recognize a few elements that are um, that might might or might not remind you of Ikaruga, for example. Yeah, yeah. or this this alert moment uh, just before uh, the escalation <laughs> moment. Exactly, the escalation moment is of very obviously inspired by by Japanese shoot 'em up games. Exactly. I mean, I mean, there are some games that are super. Um, Famous even here in Europe, for example, Metal Slug, where you, where you sometimes don't know who is shooting at you and what is happening on the screen, but people love it anyway. So it's like wow, you know. Yeah, I mean, there are always some exceptions. I mean, we at Scene World, especially me, I've always been fascinated about how united we are to do to the internet but still we have this cultural thing in our head like yeah this is more the target group here in europe and less in japan as you mentioned and yeah i mean that's culture that's just yeah. culture and this is this is this is a great thing to me i mean um i i just hope we have 
we 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 are all of, yeah successful in keeping at least some 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 of our culture because you know um, when when I, I traveled the world eleven years ago mm. together with my now wife and um, we 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 visited a couple of places including Japan and it was just a pleasure visiting these places and you know learning about the the, the very different culture because you can learn so much I mean. As you mentioned, you know, these uh, in Japan or in Hong, well, probably in Hong Kong, but but Thailand and Vietnam, people are kind of calm. They would never cry. They would never, uh, you know, engage you without asking you. But still, they're very helpful. And that's something I would really wish we, we more more people in Germany would 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 be a bit a little bit like that, you know, and um, because it's not as loud and um, I, I really liked uh, the whole the whole vibe in Tokyo was just amazing and I uh, I just you know probably the best thing that could ever happen to me would be that that we release reshooter and um, a Japanese publisher gives me a call and, and tells me hey Richard I really like the game you put out on Steam let us do a switch conversion and then they invite me to, to Kyoto and um, then we talk about that, and then I will have like three weeks of holiday in Kyoto, and just yeah, just just get to know that city and, and the surroundings and stuff like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, you need a new new deal now that the deal on the live stream we had for Gamescom with um, with the Amico console mm -hmm. didn't happen. Yeah, because yeah. the console didn't release. Oh. Yeah, that, that was kind of a shame, really. I mean, um, that, that, that was the interdivision thing going on, and um, uh, would be great to to have like a like a, a retro console that really works nowadays. But there, are, I mean, isn't there? Isn't there? I think it's called. Uh, now I forgot the name. Uh, there is this retro console that is pretty hyped nowadays. Um, well, there are always retro consoles, but these are not really huge brands, you know. Um, also, Atari didn't, wasn't really successful in releasing the new uh, VCS console. I mean, there was there was some campaign going on, and you could uh, buy the con or um, give your money to the console. You could really buy it. The same with Intellivision, you know, you could give already, you could give Intellivision your money. But you never get, got an actual console. But so many people are hoping for a, a great game system, which has like an old name attached to it, but can play new games. Um, and but that's, I mean, that's that's probably something else. But that would be, of course, that would be a perfect platform for my game because you know, um, uh, this this is of course the the whole the whole shoot 'em up genre has has very old schoolish vibes to it. It's, that's something which you would have played in in the nineties. Now I totally forgot what it was called. Um, Evercade, the Evercade, isn't that yeah. isn't that something that would be um, a, a very welcoming uh, target console for your new game? I mean, the uh, Ever the Evercade is a retro console, modernized, and it's yeah. a huge success from what I heard. Um, I, I don't have any any real figures, but I, as far as I'm aware, they're basically working with old RP on their console. So you've got like old games re-released on this new on this new platform. So it's basically I don't know, is, is it FPGA based? I, I'm not sure about that. I hope so. Um, um, I don't I don't I don't have it. But hey, you are, you are Richard Löwenstein. Doesn't your name count enough? <laughs> no. Um, I really, I, I just want to do a, a jump to to the modern systems. That's okay. that's basically mine. That's why I'm developing for for PC Steam now. And, and is a Switch 
um, conversion planned? Not really, no. Um, mm. You know, I, again, again, um, that's not because I, I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> it's just be, I, I just can't, you know. Mm. Um, you, you mentioned right. that it should be easy to to port um, a PC uh, game to Switch when using Unity, and you are kind of right. But also kind of wrong, I guess. Yeah, exactly. That's that's true because it's still um, it's still a lot of work attached to it, you know. And there's a reason why some studios are um, specializing on only porting games. They are not developing games. They are basically porting games from mostly PC to Switch or PlayStation or whatever. And the the, the reason simply is that it's it's still complicated. It's not like um, and into you just um, switch the button from PC to switch and then you get a <laughs> right. switch build and right. then you just release it. That's that's unfortunately not how it works. Um, and that's why um, I want to um, finish the project on PC. And if all goes well, um, then I might get a call from a publisher who says, hey, we like your game. We we want to port it to or we want to help you port it to to some some other systems. And yeah, I mean, Switch would be a dream come true because I'm playing I'm playing all my shoot 'em up games on Switch, some you on see? PC, you some see? on Amiga, but mostly Switch uh, for the simple reason that I've got my big TV attached to it and I just like to play games huh. on my big TV. And um, for I don't know, I, I mean, I could play them on PlayStation, but somehow I just don't. It's it's this. It's it's just a switch for me. Yeah, so a switch is not out of the question. And technically, it's perfectly feasible to, to do that because the game technically is not very advanced. You know, it doesn't really it doesn't really paint like three D pictures, photorealistic. Mm. Um, but but still, then, still, then you could do it. I mean, I, I just remember how everybody said that Doom and Wolfenstein two cannot be converted, and then Panic Button came. And converted both games for Bethesda on this to the Switch, and everybody was like, "Wow, it's yeah. possible!" And just recently, Red Dead Redemption was really uh, was ported to the Switch, yeah. which was also a, a great achievement. Despite those triple triple A games were supposed to never work properly uh, on the Switch. Wasn't Red Dead Redemption a cloud-based co port? Mm, not really. I have the physical release here. Really? No, no, yeah, but I think, well, I might be wrong, but I think uh, some some of these visually uh, amazing games, they are kind of cloud-based, so that they are ah, not really okay. running on, on the Switch console itself, but they are running on uh, on some servers somewhere, Europe, Japan, United States, whatever. Mm. And it's basically a cloud-based service, and the Switch is just kind of a terminal, which you're using to, um, yeah, providing your inputs, but the whole picture is not generated on the Switch itself, and that's why uh, by some games um, mm. look um, more amazing than you would probably imagine that a Switch can handle. Mm. But these are all more like uh, not, not fast-paced games. Uh, but, but anyway, but yeah. I think I think I think Red Dead Redemption is not a cloud game, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. I mean, well, you, see, the point is, if you if you invest a little bit of, of thought and money and, and, and know-how into such a port, it's it perfectly it's possible. I mean, why not? You just have to be really, yeah, tailored for, for, for the console. It might not look as great, but it still looks great, you know? Yeah, that's actually true. You're right. Um, the downside of Doom and Wolfenstein 2 is actually that in some 
areas of the game, they have to reduce the resolution pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's actually true. Yeah, yeah. So you you you, you must not make the mistake and compare uh, the PS4 or PS5 version with the Switch version because otherwise <laughs> you will be true. you will be sad. But if you don't do that, if you just try to to get entertained by the Switch original game or by, by the Switch port uh, in, in this case, hey, it's, it's, it's probably fine for a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, nice. So right now you are um, focusing on, on PC. So did you think about releasing it independently or will you do a Steam release or what? what is the planning actually right now? Um, yeah, this will be published by 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 Spieleschreiber because um, it's it's a Steam release. Um, Steam releases are typically comparably easy to handle because you don't have to uh, produce boxed copies. I mean, there are no boxed copy games on PC anymore in, in 2023 anyway. But this is this is really a release that we want to handle ourselves. So. Um, the, but that's one of the challenges. Releasing a game uh, actually takes a bit of time and a, a lot of knowledge. That's why I'm I'm having uh, someone in the team who's who's got some experience with uh, releasing games on Steam because he used to work as a producer or a project manager at a company um, which yeah basically just released games. And um, you know that's 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 what I'm that's what what I try to to get across as a message I'm trying to to work with people who know what they are doing mm -hmm. I'm aware that I cannot learn everything myself um, mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's that's one of the things that someone uh, that one of my colleagues will handle the yeah product management and releasing of the game so that means there will be a physical release and it will not be on on any uh, marketplace no, 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 no physical release. Oh, I misunderstood you. So, so it will be a Sorry. Steam release. Well, yeah, well, I was not clear. Probably no, no. It doesn't make sense to release a physical box because no one who buys will who buys. I mean, I mean, I mean, box games on I mean, PC. I mean, Tempest Rising, the game that's going to be released next year by 3D Realms, which is probably you heard it, like mm. a reimagination of Command and Conquer. I pre-ordered the physical PC. Really, yeah, yeah, you did, and probably a few thousand others. But, but we are talking a totally <laughs> different genre right. and brand. Right, and, right, you know. right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, That's, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I really feel honored that you mentioned that in in, in the same uh, discussion with uh, reshoot the button. No, we are not playing in the same league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just to mention, there are still some studios crazy enough to um, to release games on physical media but also we have to admit that physical doesn't always mean physical you probably also know that some pc release physical releases is a jewel box with a nice cover art and stuff and inside is a code and just a placeholder yeah. For for a, a CD, but there's no CD in it. Just yeah, a Steam a, code or something. Just a Steam yeah. code, exactly. I mean, physical yeah. boxes for PC make sense if you, if there if there's a nice, you know, um, map, art book, um, figurine, whatever you know, all these things that you can put under the shelves, like 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 yeah. I do with uh, you know having um, Shadow Man and and all these all all figurines I, I've got in my collection. That makes sense. You have to have, obviously, to to like a physical edition. But that's we are not talking about 
this such a this is just not imaginable for my game. <laughs> not I see, enough, no. I see, I see, I see, I see. All right, all right. Well, I mean, we covered it pretty much all. Um, so pretty much amazed. So um, can we talk about what's the time plan? When do you plan to release the game? Yeah, or of course we can. Yeah, yeah, we 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 already started production. So production means we are already working on stuff that will be um, visible and hearable in the final game. And uh, the plan is to have like a like a vertical slice playable by early uh, 2024. Mm -hmm. And we we shall be um, in a yeah close to release date uh, better um, end of uh, 24. And um, release if everything runs perfectly well, then we will release and an in late 24. But um, I would imagine that we are probably better off aiming for uh, 25, early 25, something like that. So that's that's the plan. And then also that it has to work like that because um, when we uh, when we applied for uh, for for the governmental grant, you have to also provide like a schedule. A very detailed schedule actually and you have to stick to that you cannot really alter that too much otherwise um especially now that the governmental grant is not available anymore uh, yeah yeah it's it's closed by now there's really but yeah the budget ran out wow okay yeah it's it's already just for this time. year or for general no one knows um Wow. Right now, it's it looks like it's just just for this year, maybe next year, but it looks like it's for two years. It's closed for two years. That's that's the situation at this very moment, um, as far as I'm aware. And um, that that also means to me that there are uh, there's not much uh, maneuvering space for you know modifying uh, the schedule. Um, because every modif modification means I'm losing money and I have to pay some or I will not uh, get 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 the fundings that um, I need and uh, that would yeah kind of endanger the project so the the the, the, the governmental grant doesn't really you know it's not they're not providing all the money you need for such a project but they're really helping a lot and if you lose like 30 40 50 percent of the budget then wow. it has a serious impact on, on on such a game quality suffers or will not even finish and that's why I really need to try to to yeah, stick to, to the plan. So yeah, early 25. I, I guess you are living from it also. Yeah, right? yeah, it's, so, it's my full-time job right now, exactly. Yeah, so the um, so the goals are different. You really have to, but also pay, I guess, the people who are working with you. Exactly, it's, it's, it's a full-grown company with a full-grown project. And um, there are some numbers attached to it. I have to pay um, the people involved with the project, including myself, because you know I've got like a family. I, we need to pay rents, buy right. food, right. Know, stuff that right. everyone needs right, to right, do. Right. And the money has to come from somewhere, and the money comes from 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 my company. So it's it's basically uh, it's it's a small development company trying to. To get uh, the the first release out uh, successfully. Having said that, um, the experience we 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 uh, we we have now with uh, the reshoot games on Amiga that really helps tremendously. I mean, Unity is kind of a new thing to us, but everything else we already kind of know. And there are a lot of people uh, 
working with me on this project who already have all the expertise that I'm lacking. Mm -hmm. And that means that um, whenever I, I, I do not know how to handle, I don't know, some some kind of special lighting on on, on, on on some kind of object in Unity, then I can always just call someone and ask him how he would do that, how we would approach to, to that that challenge, and then mm -hmm. we, we have a solution pretty fast. So it's uh, it's basically a small development studio with its roots in in the reshoot series on Amiga, and that's kind of very special, I think. Have you ever thought about approaching a publisher to help you financially in promoting the game, or is or are you fearing that they would too much control the game contents or the gameplay? Um, the the government grant um, provides sufficient freedom for me to work on the game designed as I think it should be. Um, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of a publisher, um, you know, uh, aiming for a different type of game, because usually if a publisher wants a different type of game, they, they just work with a different type of developer, not me. You know, right. it wouldn't really make sense to, to work with me if they don't like my project. But what, what, such, what, what it would mean is always, um, you know, uh, responsibility, uh, you, you get money, and that always means you have to deliver milestones monthly or bi-monthly or whatever. That this, at, at the very least, means uh, like um, uh, overhead, you know, administration overhead, mm. lots of discussions, lots of time that, that, that is spent in, 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 in meetings, and that's, that's not something I want to do. And, um, it's just unnecessary right now. Um, the, 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 the project is basically funded. And um, if, if we would get additional money, uh, fine, but that's probably uh, that's probably something that we will try to do with the second project from Spieleschreiber, because by then we have the first project that is already finished. And when you can, when you have a, um, a finished project to present to a publisher, then it's always easier to, you know, discuss sure. an agreement. It's not enough to say, hey, I'm Richard Löwenstein. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes, you always have to prove that you can finish a project. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's 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 a difficult task for every developer, you know, not not only presenting or do a good pitch and an exciting pitch and, and, and convince people that this game is worth developing, but also um, convincing people that you are the guys that that you should work with because this is the greatest developer and they always deliver in time. Mm. And um, this, uh, well, probably the second project will be a little bit bigger than, than a reshooter. And if that's the case, then it might make sense to uh, talk to publishers and ask them for some, yeah, some additional fundings in order to get the whole project developed. And then you could make um, special physical uh, releases for strictly limited or limited run games or something, you know. <laughs> I mean, um, what's that with you <laughs> asking for these physical boxes? All the time. <laughs> actually, actually um, I got rid of all these, these things because, you know, I tried to, to get my stuff, my, 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 my apartment clean. I'm not collecting too many things myself. So that's, but, but I, I mean, if 
if if um, limited run ever should send an email and and and, and wants to discuss um, a physical a physical a physical console release by the way does make much more sense than a physical PC release I, I would suggest so yeah if they if they ever want to to um, to help me support or port the, the game themselves and then also release like a physical box I'm so happy you know it's the best feeling in the world if you if you develop a game and then you've got like like the ghost disc in front of you um, and you all you're sending that to the production plant and then you get back like a, a finished boxed copy which just looks shiny you see? And you feels see? good. You see? I, I would love I would love to do that. It just um it's a little bit more um yeah expertise that uh maybe we got that in two years. I mean I mean I we interviewed them as well, limited run games. Okay. And they actually said in the interview that they <clears throat> often make physical releases for little game studios like yours for example yeah and I'm then they help that, yeah. then then they help making it reality yeah so yeah. yeah yeah that's 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 perfectly possible i'm not i'm not denying that i would love to do that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know yeah. you know and i mean um one 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 um if, if you develop a game you're also um you're also talking to other developers you know you're usually true yeah, I'm traveling to to Gamescom or Game Developer Conference or whatever, all these events, or at least some of these events, and then you will get to meet and greet a few people, and one of them might be someone from Limited Run who just happens to like shoot them up games, which look like an old Amiga title, but with some special sauce attached to it, and then you know you never know what what could happen from from such a discussion. Exactly. You see, that's exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's just me. I'm always asking for physical releases. That's just yeah. me. That's just my thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's the same with me actually. Um, you know, it's just that I'm not collecting these things, but I'm I'm buying them, I'm playing them, and then I'm selling them because I don't want to collect games anymore. It's just not. I don't have the place and and, and the space available. Um, but I, I always buy disc-based games just because I just like them and I just hate downloads. <laughs> I mean, every every time I, 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 I buy a game on Steam, I really kind of hate the experience because it's so it's so not inspiring. It's so so bored. I'm just bored by, you know, having to start a download and that just, you know, I'm, I'm living, living um, in, in a very rural place where we don't have such a fast internet connection. So, um, Downloading a current AAA um, release, yeah, can take you a whole day. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a very I'm slow just... internet over here. So, and that's that's why I, you know, just by nature, I cannot really love download games. I just have to live with them. Right. Um, and I, I I love physical releases, uh, but but yeah, again, reshoot is it can only be digital due to price point, due to target audience, due to all these. Uh, yeah, things that uh, that that uh, are a trademark of the of the of the game. Right. Well, as I just learned, I have to get them emailing you. So perhaps. Yeah, please do. Well, though, thanks for sitting with me. Now we actually got a, an hour out of the topic. You know. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't cover a lot of things, <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, there's 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 plenty of topics to discuss in in one and a half years when we are um yeah 
closing uh, closing in on the release. Right. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Yeah. It was a pleasure talking to you again. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Very kind words. Ah, thanks a lot.